Welcome to Turning Point. Considering how far the world has fallen, no wonder God's Word cautions believers not to be conformed to it. Today, Dr. David Jeremiah examines the next part of that biblical command, being transformed by the renewing of the mind. Do you need some help with that? Then listen as David shares his special message, When Changing Your Mind Could Save Your Life. You know, so much of what happens to us uh, happens to us first uh, in the way we think. Uh, Whatsoever you think you are, says the Scripture. And if we're not careful, we bypass that as unimportant. And I want to take a moment at the end of this series and before we begin our new series on the life of David to talk with you about how important your mind is and how important it is that you think correctly and how you can dedicate your mind to the Lord and in the process solve a lot of issues. We'll um, get started with that in just a moment. But ladies and gentlemen, it's still okay for you to order the book. Where do we go from here? Um, there's today and tomorrow, and then the then the offer goes away. You can get this beautifully designed hardback book that chronicles the entire series you've listened to this month, and it's yours for a gift of any size during the month of May. That's right. All you have to do is say, please send me the book. Uh, for the month of May, and we'll do it as soon as we get your request. Now, don't just send your money and assume we'll send you the book. You have to ask for the book. You have to request it. And when you do, it's yours. It'll be on its way to you as soon as we can get it to you there. And you will have it to review, uh, to share, maybe to consider having a small group around that information. Uh, Obviously, there is also a package that includes um, study guides, DVDs, CDs, uh, other material that's ancillary to this, all of this is is presented on our website, which is davidjeremiah.org. Well, right now, we want to get started with part one of this message from Romans 12. And uh, uh, you won't probably even have to open your Bibles. Many of you know these verses by heart. Let's find out how we can change our mind and save our life. Everywhere I go, people ask me this question. Dr. Jeremiah, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. How am I supposed to make this work in this paradigm in which we're living? How am I supposed to live for Jesus Christ when everything around me seems to be disintegrating and even sometimes my own church doesn't stand up for the things that I've always believed? And I have been forced to answer that question because I've raised the issues. I was reminded when that question kept surfacing of a passage of scripture that I heard preached since I was a young person. A passage that was written to another generation of people who were living in a very similar time. Paul wrote these words to his Roman Christians who were living in the Roman Empire when the Roman Empire was extremely hostile toward Christianity. After teaching in his letter the doctrines of the faith and explaining the place of Israel in God's plan, He began the second half of his book with these familiar words from Romans 12. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? If I could have asked the Lord to send me an answer to the question, 
What must I do in the midst of this confusing time? There could be no clearer answer than these two verses. For here in Romans 12, we are given some marching orders, some instructions, if you will. First of all, we are told that we must make a radical decision. The writer Paul says that we're to present our bodies to God. And he doesn't just say it in a normal way. He begins by helping us understand that this is a crucial decision. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren. In other words, I beg you. One author has said, I put my arm around you and I urge you to make this radical decision to present yourselves to God. And this is one of Paul's favorite expressions when he wants to make something come through as vitally important. What he is saying is this. As you look back over your lives as Christians and the mercy and the kindness that God has shown to you, it is time for you now to step forward and be counted for your faith. I urge you to make a radical decision. The secular world, according to J.I. Packer, never understands the Christian motivation. Faced with the question of what makes Christians tick, Unbelievers maintain that Christianity is just the practice of self-serving purposes. They can't comprehend that we might love our God so much that we are willing to put ourselves in his hands. But that's what Paul has asked us to do. We can stand around and argue about all the things that are going wrong in our world and in our nation. But really, before we can worry about all of that, maybe we need to take a good look at ourselves The Bible says that if we're going to make it through this confusing time, we have to start with a radical decision on our own interest in our own part. I remember years ago listening to the radio and hearing Dr. James Kennedy preaching. He was talking about what motivation ought to be in the hearts of believers. And I remember this little phrase. He said, every believer when they come to Christ, ought to live the rest of their life as a P.S. I love you to God. I wonder if we've lost a little bit of that urgency of our faith. And if we have decided that maybe somehow we can make it through these confusing times by not being too radical about our faith, kind of Sunday Christians, or as someone has recently said, secret service Christians. Do you know any of those? This word present is a word which means to bring your offering to the Lord. And it's a picture of Old Testament sacrifices where they would bring their sacrificial offering in their hands and present it to God. Paul uses that and he says, I want you to take yourselves and I want you to present yourselves to God. When he speaks of our bodies, he's not talking about just skin and bones. He's talking about the totality of who we are. He's talking about coming to the Lord and saying, I don't know what's going on out there in this world. I don't know how I'm going to get through it. But Lord, the only way I'm going to get through it is if I am totally in your control and it's your command. So I present my body totally to you for you to take control of my life. There was a time as we were all growing up in our church groups, going to youth groups, that we would go to camp. Usually at the end of the camp, they would bring you around a fire and you stand around a fire, a very emotional time, and they'd give you a little piece of wood, and they'd say, if you're willing to give your life completely to Jesus Christ, give a little testimony and throw your little piece of wood on the fire. 
I remember doing that. I remember every year I would say, this is going to be the year I'm really going to serve the Lord with all my heart. But the next year I was back at that fire again, trying to figure out what went wrong the year before. But you know, there's something very special about that picture, isn't it? The willingness on the part of God's people to be totally committed to the cause. It's not something I'm sure you haven't heard before, but halfway Christianity is not going to cut it in this culture in which we live. It's just not going to make it. Romans 6 says it this way, present yourselves to God as alive from the dead and your members, your arms, your legs, your mind, your hearing as instruments of righteousness to God. In other words, what Paul is saying to us, first of all, from this passage of scripture, if we're going to function, if we're going to be faithful in this culture, you have to present everything there is about you to everything you know about him. If you're wondering if you've really ever done that, if you're wondering, I promise you, you haven't. Because if you've done it, you know it. If you've done it because it is such an important decision, you know that you've done it. It's crucial, it's comprehensive, but notice, this decision is also very costly. This is not for wimps. This is not a walk in the park, my friends. This is not easy believism. Notice what he says. A living sacrifice. You say, well, Dr. Jeremiah, that's a misnomer. That's a disconnect. That's an oxymoron. (laughs) Sacrifices don't live, they die. In the Old Testament, sacrifices were dead animals. But in the New Testament, sacrifices are living believers. And God says, just as that animal was totally consumed because of its worship to the Lord, we are to be consumed by our commitment to Jesus Christ. And I am passionate about this because I realize we are in a very vulnerable place as a nation and in our churches. If we continue down the road of just trying to be Christian enough so that we can get counted on the roll, we are going to be victimized by the culture in which we live. It's a crucial decision. It's a comprehensive one. It's a costly one. And the Bible says it's a creative decision. It says we're to do this so that we can serve the Lord. How many of you know that once you say yes to the Lord for everything he may want you to do, he finds something for you to do? Amen? I had a young man come up to me and he said, you know, Pastor, I hear you talk a lot about the will of God. And he said, I want to know the will of God, but how do I know the will of God? And, you know, we want to make the will of God some mysterious thing that maybe we have to go to an ashram or something and meditate for months to find the will of God. You know what? The will of God is the word of God. And if you're looking for the will of God for your life, here's where you start. Find the will of God for tomorrow. And your tomorrows will turn into more tomorrows until pretty soon the will of God will be a part of your everyday experience. My father used to tell me when we would talk about this as I was growing up, he would say, David, get the car moving. It's a lot easier to steer a moving car than it is one that's dead stopped. And he was right. So let me ask you this question. What are you doing for the Lord? What are you doing right now? You say, well, I'm waiting for God to show me his will. No, you will never find it that way. Do the will that he has called you to do right now. It may be a simple thing. It may be something you think is insignificant. But if you will do what God tells you to do today, he will open up the entire vista of your tomorrows and you will be in the will of God. 
And then the Bible tells us that this is also a very credible decision. I love the way the scripture just unfolds this. It says, when you come to the Lord and you present yourself to him like this, it says, this is logical. This is credible. It's your reasonable service. And you know the word reasonable in the language of the New Testament is almost exactly the word logical. That's the word. It's logical to present your body to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's logical to make this radical decision. Because the only way you're going to be able to get through the morass of our culture with your faith intact is to decide once and for all that Jesus Christ is to be the center of your life and you're going to embrace him with all that you have, nothing held back, nothing laying on the floor that you wish you'd have grabbed hold of on your way to him and you walk into that situation totally convinced that this is your life. One author that I read when I was studying said, true worship does not consist of elaborate and impressive prayers. Intricate liturgy, stained glass windows, lighted candles, flowing robes, incense, and classical music. It does not require talent, skill, or leadership ability. Many of these things can be a part of your outward worship, but they are acceptable to God only in the heart and mind of the worshiper who has focused their attention on him. The only spiritual service that honors and pleases God is the loving, thoughtful, heartfelt devotion of his children who give themselves totally to him with no reservations. So the first thing that we learn if we're going to make our way through this culture is we must make a radical decision. And I want to just stop here for a moment and ask you, have you made that radical decision? Have you said to the Lord, Lord, everything I am and everything I hope ever to be, I give it to you. What I'm trying to help you understand is this. If you want to have one foot on one side of the fence and one foot on the other side of the fence, you want to be a Christian over here, but live in the culture over here, you are in for a very discouraging and defeating experience. It is not possible to do that. So, here's the first thing. Make a radical decision. Here's the second thing from Romans 12. Make a rational determination. Notice what it says in verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world. Let me explain to you what that means. There are two words in this text. One is conformed and the other is transformed. Everyone is either being conformed or transformed. Conformed means that you are allowing the world to pressure you into being like they are. It says, do not be conformed to this world. Do not allow the world to pressure you into being like them. You say, well, how does that happen? Well, let me give you some examples. One of the great tools, as you may well understand, is the television. The television is one of the enemy's great tools to desensitize us to what's happening in the world. I remember as a young man growing up, and this will date me, so don't take this too seriously, but I remember when television kind of started. Is that, that's bad, isn't it? Probably shouldn't admit that. And my father, who was a Baptist preacher, 
He wasn't sure we should have one of those things in the house. I mean, there was all kinds of sermons being preached about how it was being operated by the prince of the power of the air, you know. Satan was in television. And so my father, finally, after a long time, when we were going to the neighbor's house to watch TV, he figured he better get one at home. And so we got one of those with the little round screen. You remember those? And my father would sit there and we'd watch television together. Every time a commercial came on for anything he thought was wrong, if a cigarette commercial came on or a beer commercial, he'd jump up and turn it off and then he'd turn it back on after it was over. We didn't even have remote controls then. I was the remote control some of the time. I had to get up and do it. He'd say, David, turn that off. I'd turn it off. We laugh at that now because it seems rather crazy and extreme. But isn't it interesting, men and women, what we tolerate today that we would never have tolerated in another time in our lives? How does that happen? That happens because we allow the world around us to squeeze us into its mold. Kenneth Wiest, who is a wonderful teacher of the Greek language, puts that phrase this way. Stop assuming an outward expression which is patterned after this world. An expression which does not come from who you are in your inner being. If we are not careful in order that we might fit in and that we might not look odd to those around us and so that we will be accepted by our peers, we allow ourselves a lot of latitude in what it really means to be a deeply committed Christian. The Bible says in order for us to get through this situation that we're in, We have to determine in our minds that we are not going to let the world push us into their way of doing things. That's where this battle is fought. And I just want to say to all of you parents who have young kids, if you are not monitoring what is happening in your family through the television and now through the internet, you are just setting the enemy free to pressure your children into doing the things that the world wants them to do. So first of all, we have to make a radical decision, don't we? We have to determine that we're going to put our lives in the hands of God with no reservations. Then we have to make this determination, first of all, that we won't be conformed, but that we will be transformed. Let me tell you the difference between conformed and transformed. Conformed is from the outside in, and transformed is from the inside out. If you want to keep from being conformed to the world, you have to take care of the inner space of your life. And he tells us how to do that. The rest of this verse says that the Christian is to be transformed. And the Greek word is metamorphosis. The Lord wants to do a metamorphosis in your life. The only way to prevent the outward shape of our life from being fashioned like the world is to take care that the inward spirit of our being is transformed regularly, routinely, and the Bible tells us it's by the renewing of our minds. If we just say, well, I'm going to try not to let the world get its hold on me and we don't do anything to counteract it, we've already been victimized. If you don't get God's word in your heart, if you don't listen to tapes and pump God's truth into your spirit, if you're not listening to the kind of things that will build you up and strengthen you in the inward person, ultimately the lack of any inward pressure spiritually will allow the outward pressure to push you in the direction that the enemy wants you to go. Do we understand that? 
Pastor Andy Stanley says, men and women, you can spend the rest of your lives making promises, filling out commitment cards, talking to counselors, but Paul's words are very clear. Unless you renew your mind, you won't be transformed. Things will stay pretty much the way they are. Now, notice this is in the present tense, and the writer is saying, don't be being conformed, but be being transformed. Let this be the process you go through. And the only way to do this, he tells us, is through this process of renewing our minds. So here we are ready for this third thought. This all begins with a radical decision. This radical decision is I'm presenting my body to the Lord. It continues with a rational determination. I will not be conformed. I will be transformed. And that's all good theology. And it's good to know. But now we get down to where the rubber meets the road and how this affects you and me and what this means to us. We come thirdly to this rigorous discipline. How many of you know that discipline is a word that's falling out of our vocabulary? Nobody likes that word. But notice what it says. By the renewing of your mind. You are transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, if you look up the word renewal, either in the English dictionary or you follow it through to its meaning in the text of the language of the New Testament, you will discover that the word renewal means renovation. That's what it means. We may not understand renewal, but we do understand renovation. How many of you have ever renovated a house? When you renovate a house, what do you do? You take out all the old stuff and you replace it with some new stuff, right? Usually you buy the new stuff before you get rid of the old stuff. And you have the new stuff ready so that on this particular day when everything's done and the paint's on and the carpet's there, you take out all the old stuff and you get rid of it and you bring in the new stuff. You renovate your house. And this is what happens when we have our minds renewed. We take all the stuff that previously occupied our minds and we replace it with that which is in line with God's plan for our lives. When we fill our minds with the Word of God, that contains the mind of God and it helps us discover His will for our lives. You may wonder why I've given my life to doing what I do. Somebody asked me the other day, what do you do, Jeremiah? I said, well, I study the Word. I preach the Word. I record the Word. I televise the Word. I write books about the Word. We make CDs about the Word. We put the Word on the Internet. We've got a Word app. My whole life is about the Word of God. You know why? It is the only thing that God has given us that can help us get through the wilderness to the Promised Land. Amen? I am bullheaded about the Word. I don't take much time to do anything else. I just teach the Word of God. Amen. And when we do that, we don't have to wonder if there will be a response to it because the Bible promises that there will be. The Bible says God's word will not return unto him void. It will come back and accomplish what we set out to do. There's never been a time when I've been more determined to teach the unchanging word of God because it's so absolutely needed today in a world that seems to have no answers and sometimes does not even know what the questions are. So, Uh, I will be doing that until my dying day, teaching God's Word with all my heart 
and praying that God will use it to change your life. Tomorrow we'll finish the month of May with part two of this message from Romans chapter 12. I hope you'll join us then. And then uh, when we turn over the calendar to the month of June, we're going to teach one of my favorite lessons, one of my favorite series on the life of David. What an amazing man he was, and what a life he lived, and what adventure, and all kinds of stories included. We'll start at the beginning and go all the way through his life. If you've ever wanted to know more about David, the sweet singer of Israel, we'll start that uh, when we meet together on Thursday of this week. Um, Don't forget, one more day to get your copy of the book, Where Do We Go From Here?, A gift of any size to Turning Point will make that happen. If you ask for the book, we'll send it to you. And uh, we hope you'll have a great day and join us for this last program in the month of May tomorrow. For more information on a special message you just heard from Dr. Jeremiah, please visit our website. There you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected, our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's timely book, Where Do We Go From Here? Plus the bonus resource, Warning Signs of the End Times. They're both yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard, New International, and New King James versions, available in your choice of handsome cover options. Get all the details when you visit our website, davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow for the conclusion of this timely special message on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. If you've been blessed by the ministry of Dr. David Jeremiah and Turning Point, we would love to offer you two free ways to stay connected. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash magazine for a subscription to our monthly Turning Points magazine. Each exclusive issue is filled with encouraging articles and daily devotionals to strengthen your spiritual walk. You can also sign up to receive our daily email devotional and be a part of our community of friends who receive daily encouragement delivered straight to their inbox from Dr. Jeremiah. Written in a thought-provoking manner, this concise yet profound daily devotional delivers the refreshment and focus you need as you go about in today's world. You can join the more than 600,000 monthly subscribers who are building their faith each month through these free resources. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca. That's davidjeremiah.ca. If you're looking to enhance your personal or group Bible study, look no further than the Jeremiah Bible Study Series. In each volume, Dr. David Jeremiah helps you understand what the Bible says and how to apply it. Along the way, you will gain insights into the text, identify key themes, and be challenged to apply the truth found in Scripture to your life. Get your copy today. Learn more at davidjeremiah.ca slash study. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash study. An elderly widow living in Oakland, California, found that she was rarely able to leave home to serve the Lord. Being an accomplished pianist, she put a brief ad in the Oakland Tribune offering to play hymns over the phone for any who needed encouragement in their lives. 
and her phone began to ring. Within a few months, she had played hymns over the phone for several hundred discouraged individuals. She later said it was the most rewarding ministry she had ever had. There is no end to the number of people who need encouragement these days and no end to the ways we can encourage them. This is David Jeremiah, encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's ways to encourage others on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.